Hi you guys, welcome back to Rant Room. This is episode, I want to say 24, but I'm not sure. It's got to the point now where I'm starting to lose count. So yeah, I wanted to talk to you probably about a bit of a, this, I'm not sure if it's going to turn into a full rant, but it's probably going to go that way. So this is a bit of a serious one. I wanted to talk to you about deadbeat parents um, and how they and how they can affect your life. So, I, I've i probably mentioned this in passing over the past few podcasts, uh, but I don't actually have any contact with my dad. Uh, I haven't had for about seven years now. And counting, he wasn't a very nice person. He was um, violent and had a lot of issues in that sense. Um, and he basically remarried the year before I stopped seeing him and then our relationship sort of deteriorated further. We were never massively close, but um yep, yeah, it just didn't it just didn't go very well. Um I haven't yeah, so I haven't seen him since I was fifteen and I know a lot of people who have who have gone through similar or sometimes never even met their met their parents, well, one of their parents, or like, or they've left when they were really young, or, you know, it's recently happened, and I completely, and I completely can relate to that, and every, every situation's different as well, I personally, my situation's been hard, and I would definitely class my father as a deadbeat, I often refer to him as a sperm donor, because that, to me, that's all he is, um, and... Um, but I know that, you know, a lot of, a lot of situations are different, but even though, you know, obviously I've got, I've got definite anger towards him, um, I, I wouldn't say that I have the worst situation that I've ever seen in my life, you know, like I've seen, I've heard worse, I've, I've, I've witnessed worse, so it's like, and I'm sure I will see worse in, in years to come, but it's like, um, you know, I mean, I guess one one way of looking at it is a lot of people tell you to say, well, there's always someone better off than you. There are people who've lost, there's always someone worse off than you, sorry. There are people who've lost both their parents. And I think, yeah, okay, that's true. But obviously, you need to look out for yourself as well. And you need to take care of yourself. And you need to deal with your shit. Um, and for me... Uh, I have recently sort of come to terms with the fact that um, the situation caused with my with my dad is actually it links back to a lot of things and you know it's one of my root causes of all of my of all of the stuff that I've been going through because I don't know I guess if something happens to you that young but you're old enough to remember it, it does it does imprint itself onto you and it gives you a lot of a lot of things to think about, I guess. Because you think stuff like, oh, why wasn't I good enough? And, you know, why did why did he do this? And, you know, and it's obviously, I've been thinking about it more the past few months, I suppose. What with, um, you know, my own pregnancy last year. And um, with the fact that, obviously, we've had the global pandemic going on. And... I sort of thought maybe in the back of my mind he'd find it in himself to check on us, but nah, not so much, which, you know, makes him even more of a dickhead than I already thought. 
but you know it's hard because obviously I've got a lot of um I've got a lot of anger towards him um and I've got a lot of sadness and you know I don't I don't ever remember him being that nice I mean he him and my him and my mum got married 24 years ago they had an arranged marriage which was which is still quite common in our culture they um they were they were introduced by a matchmaker person in Mauritius who who arranges marriages or arranges light matches and things so they met guess they must have liked each other they were engaged for about six or seven months and wrote to each other my mum was in Mauritius and my dad was over over in uh over in England and they wrote to each other because obviously it was like 1996 and there was you know no Facebook or Instagram or anything like that and um they then got married um mum moved over here things were um pretty tough for her from what I can imagine I have a complicated relationship with my mum as well we do not see eye to eye on a lot of things we've got very different values very different beliefs but I do think I do I do respect what she went through and I do I I do think she's done the best with what she's had um and I do think that some that she has got in she's got good intentions in her but I just don't think she knows how to say things the right way and that's that's where she falls down unfortunately but she has done very well to achieve what she has with what she's been through and I and I and I really respect that and I and I try to carry that into my own life that aspect of her because it's really admirable um so she was very young she was years younger than I am now um like she was 18 when she got married and moved and literally left like her whole family to come over here and I can't even imagine that because that's crazy like I left my family you know just to move 140 miles away when I was 18 but I wasn't getting married I was just going to uni and it was only three hours away she was like the other side of the world and obviously when I went to uni in 2016 it's incomparable because Firstly, it's not a different country. Secondly, it's for a completely different reason. And I could come back, you know, whenever I needed to or wanted to. And thirdly, it was it's so much easier to keep in touch. And um, it is mad because I, I can't, I'm, you know, 22 and I can't imagine getting married now. Let alone that, at that age. I mean, my little brother is 18. And I literally just look at him and I'm like, I cannot even picture you married. Like, I, I, I just don't, I don't understand it. But it was actually surprisingly common. Um, so she, they moved in. They were living at my, my grandparents' place, which was obviously, um, I don't know. It was, it was, I know it was tough for her, and I know that, you know, she. She really struggled to settle in and I think she struggled being away from her family. I know that she didn't get to speak to them very much, which I can't imagine how hard that must have been. 
and I guess from the start my dad was just not very nice to her there were things that I well I, I don't know um, much of this anyway because obviously I wasn't born uh, and then like when I was um, when I was 18 or 19 I um, I was uh, well when I went to uni like I, I got moved into the box room which is actually the room I'm in right now recording this and um, one night I was one night I was just uh, chilling in my in my room and I was going through the wardrobe looking for some paper because all of the stuff from we we'd broken our filing cabinet and all of the stuff that was in the filing cabinet was in my wardrobe because it was a spare room as well um and I found these I, I found all these notes like from when they had their divorce and like emails copies of emails and a lot of it was like lists of the kind of abuse that he'd done and I was just I just got this whole rage just went through me and it's hard because the thing is when you're angry usually you find a way of directing it at the person but I haven't really ever had my opportunity to do that and it is it's so hard because obviously so many people go through it as well it the sad thing is this is so common like this is so this is so common because it's like you think about how many how many single parents are they and how many you know and how many deadbeat parents are there as well and personally to me oops on me i can't i can't even i i don't i've never been able to understand it i do not understand how the thing is, people used to say, it's been seven years now, right? But people said to me, um, oh, as you get older, it won't be as bad because you won't need him as much. And it's like, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't need him. But it, the opposite has happened because as, although, like, I don't need him and I've proved that I don't need him, as I've got older, it becomes harder for me to understand. I couldn't understand it then when I was 15, but... I can't understand it now and it just becomes harder to understand and I just get angrier with age it's like I think about all the things that have happened like like um like you know just and he was and he did oh it's just such a long story it's such it's like honestly like where do you even begin but yeah so I I, I found out about all this stuff I knew that he'd been violent because I remember it bits of it and um I know that they broke up once when I was very little but got back together and then like moved out into their own place with me and like for the most part like I mean I don't I don't remember honestly like it's, it's mad because I I guess the older you get the less you remember about your childhood you know and um I'd say probably around the time I went to uni I, I think from then on, I could never really remember what it was like with him living here. I think because that was the point where we got the house, like, redecorated. Like, when I first went to uni that year, my mum redecorated. And, like, the house looks completely different to when um, to when he lived here. Or even from when I was seeing him. Like, it just looks, it, it looks unrecognisable from the inside. 
like the whole of the downstairs has been done so I guess like in that sense like I don't I'm not really reminded of him and I haven't been since then and I, I guess when I was living here like properly before I went to uni it was a bit different like I was reminded of him a bit more but even then I was 18 and like he left when I was 11 so obviously over time you do tend to sort of things don't things sort of fade out and it's really hard like to to remember stuff like that maybe I don't know if I blocked any of it out but I think generally speaking people tend to like not remember as much and the things I do remember about him living with us are just sort of like flashes now in general actually I don't really remember him that well like if if I think about him and the memories like they, they fade so quickly it's crazy because you think about like I, I I try and remember what life was like when I was because everything seems so clear like the time seemed to be going so quickly back when I was 14 or 15 and I try and remember that sort of time now and there are bits that really stick out but then I I don't have like actual recollection of the days anymore they just all sort of blur into one like the only I can't really remember I think that's probably when you know you're getting older isn't it um like I don't I don't remember anything like super clearly and I don't remember his voice I I don't really remember how he smelled or anything like that like in fact to be fair all of that started to fade within probably like a year or so and then I guess over time everything you just you just don't remember things as well do you so I I really don't remember anything about living with him. Like, I mean, if I do, it's just like flashes. And I, I hardly remember even like the four years between when him and my mum split up and then when I last saw him. I don't remember that very well either. Like, it's, it's, it's very scattered now. Like, I remember bits and pieces. Like, I mean, I remember most stuff from the past seven years, but for some reason it seems to be from that point onwards. Maybe there's reasons for that. I probably need to say some sort of psycho... can't even talk now. Psychologist about all of this. Because <laughs> I'm totally taps. Oh, dear. It is... The, th- the sad thing is, though, this is happening all over the world to so many people. And it's not just the dads. Sometimes the mums do it as well. Sometimes it's the dads who get left who get left with the kids and sometimes I don't know they both like they both like bugger off you know it's it's really it's 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 really crazy because I don't I don't understand especially with everything that happened to me last autumn I although I knew that I couldn't have my baby the thought of like that was why partly because I didn't I didn't, I honestly couldn't even stand my baby's father as a person because I just thought he was a bit of a self, self-absorbed twat. So I definitely, I didn't, I didn't actually fancy him for, to start with. I definitely didn't want to have a child with him. So, and also, but the, the other part was I didn't want to have to put a baby through like everything that I'd gone through. I didn't want it because I would have been disowned for sure. Like, I mean... Although I'm not, like, a massive fan 
the vast majority of my family i uh, i wouldn't have wanted this child to have nobody and like no no dad like or a shit dad who sort of flits in and out of their life and i know what that's like so i, I don't i don't need i don't want to carry that on for a second generation you know cuz like and the one thing about it was that i had my brother like he he's the only other person who sort of who sort of gets it i guess even though we're very different and we've dealt with it in completely opposite ways um i've been more self-destructive he's sort of been more productive with it i'd say but i don't, i don't know because he we both deal with things very differently like i said we're very different people but the thought of having you know the the child sort of like on its own with nobody to talk to about this and like and i didn't want to be connected to someone like that for the rest of my life i didn't want them to have a dad like that or even worse you know like i just i don't and then i like and that's part of the reason why i made the decision i did but even though for those two weeks that i knew that baby was there i was like i can't imagine if i had it like i can't imagine ever abandoning it because i loved it from the moment i knew it was there even though i knew i couldn't go through with it like i still loved it that sounds really weird but I guess it's it, it probably does sound weird, especially to all the pro-lifers. So you know, sorry, I guess. <laughs> but well, not sorry, but you know, that that's how I felt. So I'm not going to apologise for how I feel, unapologetic and all that. But um, I yeah, I, I just I loved it from the moment I knew it was there, and I felt like I needed to do what I could to make sure it, 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 because it, I didn't want it to have a shit life, so I didn't, I, I don't understand how literally, I, I felt bad doing what I did, even though I knew I was doing it for the right reasons, and I was only seven weeks pregnant, I don't understand how you can father a child, two children, 15 years, and then sort of pretend they don't exist anymore, that to me is just it, it it doesn't make any sense like and it made even less sense to me once i'd have had that brief taste of what it's like to kind of carry a baby and because because like i i don't i don't understand how you can do that it's uh it's it's pretty insane because I feel like parents are supposed to well I always hear in this day and age parents are supposed to love you unconditionally I've never heard that I've never I've never experienced that I'm and I want to put it out there I'm not trying to pick myself up here because I was not an easy child I was a little shit I was horrible I I I think you know I'm surprised my mom didn't kill me sometimes I think I gave her a lot of grey hair, but the thing is, that was mainly for, from not being understood and not feeling right in myself. And I think parents are supposed to love their kids unconditionally. But I've I've ended up with <laughs> I mean like I'm not I'm not throwing a pity party here, but I just it's crazy because I feel like I've and I don't know how many other people are going through this, but I feel like there's more than we think. 
because it is weird. It's like you, I've sort I sort of feel like not really sure what to do with it because you, I have grown up in a culture that's that tells you to prioritize family and like family is everything and you need to do everything for your family and make sure you're respecting your family. But I've ended up with one parent who pretends I'm dead, like literally I'm dead to him, like I don't exist to him, and one who is ashamed of me and wishes I was someone else completely. Like, you couldn't write it, could you? I mean, where's the fucking punchline there? Ugh. It is It is pretty crazy. But... It's, um... I, I don't... It, it's, it's so... It's so tough, because... I, I struggle with the fact that so many people are going through this as well. That's the bit I really struggle with. Because it, it's, it's, it's just, it's just worse to think that, like, they, that more people are going through this, and I just, just don't like it. I really, I really hate the thought, the thought of other people going through it. Because it, <laughs> I I don't I don't like it. Like I I don't I just I really don't like it. It's just, and I've never been able to understand it either. I I. Hmm. That's what I mean. It just gets harder to understand it. And I don't let myself think about it that often. I suppose that's probably why I've not dealt with it. Probably why. It's all. It's often things like that that lead to issues in later life, like, like fear of abandonment and things like that. That 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 comes straight from him. And it is obviously like, it's weird because I sort of sit there and I think like, I, I do wonder what my life would be like if things were different. But I, I don't think it'd be any better because I feel like. Actually, he did us a favour. He was not a nice person. You know, like, this is the guy that when I was... I think I've spoken about this before. When I was 15, so like right, the year that we stopped seeing seeing him, I um, tried to commit suicide. And my mum told him, and she texted him and said, yeah, she's she's done this. And, um, and she's... And he, like... And then he didn't say, I don't know what he said to her, but then when I went to see him the next time, he, this is a guy who was a qualified mental health professional, right? He laughed at me and he said, oh, do you want me to section you then? And I was like, from then on, I just kind of switched off from him. I did because it's, I, I don't think you can say that to anyone, especially in your capacity. Nobody should be able to say that to anyone, but especially not if you are a mental health professional. And to your child, I, I, can't, I can't. And from that moment on, I was just a bit like... The guy, the guy was just like... I don't remember anything good. And my mum always says, you shouldn't hate him, you shouldn't hate people, but... It's hard not to, isn't it? Like, I mean, I know you shouldn't carry this stuff around with you, but it, what else do I do? What else do people do? Like, how how does anyone deal with this? 
it it's it's actually so crazy thinking about how long it's been as well but yeah the way it essentially happened was um they were married until I was uh, about 11 and um I, I didn't I didn't there was no inkling that they were going to split up like they weren't exactly they weren't exactly like perfectly happily married or anything they'd shout at each other sometimes but as far as I remember I don't unless I blocked it out from being young I don't remember anything ever being like um super violent I know that my dad was pretty controlling and I know he wouldn't let me do a lot of stuff um I remember he used to like not let me go on the the um the school trips and shit like that which is actually common in a lot of these kinds of families but um it was things like that and I know that he um he was just pretty volatile but um I I don't remember much about before they split up I don't I don't remember much arguing I think the arguing from what I've been told generally happened when I was younger and I remember like little flashes of it but I don't remember it fully um so I had wanted a phone right so I was 11 and everybody had got a phone like two or three years ago and obviously like when I say phone I mean like the Samsung bricks that cost like 10p well nothing costs 10p in this day and age but you know what I mean and um and I and everybody had one and I didn't have one and I was just so left out and I was just I was in year six I was just like I want a phone I want a phone I want a phone and um one day we were driving back from somewhere and um my um and there was like a phone like some some sort of package uh peeking out of a bag and I kept trying to grab it and my dad was like batting my hand away while he was driving and then we got home he put the package on top of the fridge and I kept trying to grab at it and he was I was quite I was really short at the time as well so that was quite interesting and he kept like knocking my hand away and then like I just sort of went off and I was doing stuff on the computer and um and I don't realize anything was wrong they called they called me into their room or I think my dad called me into their room and they looked a bit triggered and I was like, oh, well, what is it? And um, so he literally, he I don't remember where he took it from, but he gets the phone box, throws it at me, and it lands in my hands. And I never used to be able to catch anything, right? So I, I was shit at catch. Like, if somebody threw a ball at me, it would hit me in the face. But I caught this perfectly and just stared at it. And then literally five seconds later... He, he shouts, oh, your mum doesn't love me anymore. And I was like, honestly, I have been confused many, many, many times in my life. I'm generally quite easy to confuse. I get confused a lot. You know, I, I, I get confused on roundabouts. I get confused with boys. I get confused. I, I get confused at work. I I am... I, um, I'm constantly confused, actually. Um, but this was the most confused I've ever been in my life. Because I had absolutely no idea what was going on. So I was literally just like, what? And then 
And then it's like uh, my mum's telling him not to talk like that and blah, 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 blah. And I don't I don't remember much else about what was said, but basically said, um, but basically mum said that she wants to, that, that she, that she's not happy and she hasn't been happy for a while and she wants a divorce. So mum was like, right, okay. And dad was like oh she wants me to leave she wants me to move and all of this blah 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 and I don't I don't know I don't even remember what much about what's happening I remember asking my mum can he still live with us as like a lodger and she was like oh I don't think so um and I remember I don't even remember how the next few days went I remember thinking oh well it's probably not gonna happen maybe they're just talking about it and they're going through a rough patch because Nothing happened, and I think that was the May half term. Um, this so we must have done stuff, but I don't remember what we were doing. Um, and I I remember just I didn't I was the only one who knew. My brother was only seven, and he had absolutely no idea what was going on. He never even knew that they'd discussed this. Um, and. Uh, and then we were into like, um, so I, I just remember thinking, oh, well, maybe they've just talked about it. Things were definitely tense and I remember them arguing a bit more. And I know that my mum started sleeping in a different room. Um, and, um, so I, I don't remember what else happened really, during, because there was about a week or two before it actually happened, um, and I don't really remember how it was, or what was going on, or like, or anything like that, I don't, I don't remember, but it was pretty shit, Uh, but I don't, I don't remember what was going on in between them because it's all like it's it's like eleven years ago. It's all a bit of a blur now. Um, but I remember they were sort of in this limbo space because they weren't actually like they were broken up. But they weren't like broken up. Do you know what I mean? It's weird because I don't really know what their plan of action was, or I I don't know if they'd told like my grandparents at this point or anything. I don't I don't know what was happening. I can't remember. I don't really know about any of this stuff. And um So yeah, then um so about a week or two later, I'm um I don't know why. I used to I never used to wake up in the night. I was always a really good kid. And I woke up and it was the third of June absolute like the dot of midnight like, I woke up at 11.59 I used to have this digital crappy plug-in clock right by my bed and um I woke up literally as it went 12 o'clock uh and I really needed a wee so I got out of bed went to the toilet the spare room was opposite my room and I heard them arguing um like sort of low voices at first but then like raised voices and I couldn't really hear what they were saying because it was all kind of muffled but I could hear them like sort of yelling at each other and then I don't really know what happened but I just I knew that it was a bit tense and I I had this thing 
where if I even now like if if couples are arguing in front of me or like I see something on TV like where I think that it's about to kick off between a couple or I think like the guy's gonna hit the girl or something like that like that whole if you've seen EastEnders if you're from the UK right and you've seen the whole Grey and Chantel thing I can't watch I can't watch it when they are on screen together because it literally triggers me. I have to leave the room. Like I, I can't do it. I, I can't. I can't be in the room when that sort of shit is kicking off. Anyway, like I don't. I don't remember what happened next. But I heard like a couple of um of like um slapping noises from my room, and I don't really know what happened. And then like heard my dad storm out. Heard his car start up. I went into my mum's room and she was like, oh, why are you awake? And I said, oh, I just heard stuff and I needed the toilet. And she's like, so I tried to hug her and I said, oh, are you okay? She was like, oh, don't do that, that hurts. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was really, really, really confused. And I could hear her just before this or just after this. I can't really remember. You know when traumatic things happen and you don't really remember the order they happen in? Especially if it's been a few years. Um, you kind of, you kind of just lose track of it. Um, and I heard her on the phone, but I can't remember, like, when I heard her on the phone or what, like, at what point it was. And then, like, um, my dad, my dad came back, like, 40 minutes later. And, like, five minutes later, there's a knock at the door. He goes to answer it. And it's the fucking police. And I'm literally just like peeping out my door. And I was like, I, I looked at my mum, I looked her dead in the eyes. I was like, I bloody hate you. It was the first time I'd ever sworn. And I was like, and I swear a lot. You can hear that from these podca- podcasts. But it's the first time I ever swore. I remember that well. And, um, yeah, like, Obviously, I didn't mean it. I never meant that. And I, I told her I didn't mean it. I felt guilty for years after saying that. I still do. Um, because, obviously, I never meant it. And, but, yeah, so, I literally stood at the top of the stairs and watched um, and watched my dad get arrested. Because he hit my mum. So... Yep, I just I watch them, watch them arrest him, watch them take him away, and I watch them put him in put him in the police car. And I was eleven years old, right? So that's. And then I just remember being with my mom and just being awake for most of the night. And I remember one of the one of the police officers was with my mom for a while, and I remember her like talking to him. And all this really weird shit started happening. Like, I was allowed to do loads of stuff that I was never allowed to do normally. I was eating, like... I was eating chocolate at, like, one in the morning. And obviously, part of me was thinking, oh, this is this is great. Because I was eating chocolate. And, like... And, like, I was drinking, like, Pepsi at one in the morning and shit like that and it was if in, in any other circumstance this would have been great but I was just and my brother is just like up there asleep and he has absolutely no idea 
and um, he went to school the next day as well, and I'm not sure how, but I didn't go to school. I, I stayed at I. I I stayed at home, and my mum's friend was over, and I was um, and I was playing Wii bowling, and I remember because I'm I'm still I'm still fucking sick at that game. <laughs> I'm I'm amazing at it, and then like. The police officer comes back um, with my dad and he's like told to get his stuff. So he gets his stuff and he says goodbye to me and I'm just like, and gives me a hug and I'm just like, what? I still don't understand what's happening. But then, you know, I sort of assume like that's when he's, that's when he's gone. And oh, I just remember like the next couple of days, I went back to school like the next, or like... Like, maybe two, like, the day after, like, the, not the day after, I think the day after that, a couple of days later, I went back to school, and I just remember feeling, like, numb, and, like, just, like, pale, like, just like a ghost girl, like, I wasn't talking or anything, and I always talk, and then it was just all this, I don't, I don't really remember a lot about the next few weeks, but I know they were bad. Um, and I just, I was really confused. Uh, and I didn't see him for a couple of months. And then the next time, um, and like I had to talk to a social worker because she came to the school and spoke to me. And, um, oh, she was just so nice. Like, that's part of the reason why I wanted to go, want to go into it. Because I was struggling to make sense of everything. And this lady just knew all the right things to say. She did. She like she knew. She just she seemed to get it. And this was at a time when nobody seemed to get it. Like I was, just hearing different things from everyone. I'd I'd then I I didn't. I was now now scared to see my dad. I didn't really know what happened. It was like I sort of took one side more than the other one time I'd like really take my dad's side the next time it, I'd really take my mum's side it changed like daily it was so weird um and it was it was constantly changing and the next time I had to see I saw him was in children's centre um and oh god there's just all these random things I remember and I felt I remember feeling like really he'd, he'd got me all these these presents because I know that he he went to um Mauritius like when when everything kicked off and I don't know it was just all pretty insane like I don't I, I just I don't really remember a lot of it to be honest but yeah, like, then that that's not the important part. It's just weird, because, like, I'm trying to remember bits, but it's like, like I say, like, you just forget stuff as you get older, and it's probably a good thing that I've forgotten it. Or maybe it's buried, I don't know. I hope not. Probably is, though. But the worst part about it was probably just that I, I just felt for my brother, because he sort of woke up, um, and everything was different for him. His entire life had changed, and I'm... Now he's sort of, I, I don't know for sure, because I'm not him, I can't tell you this for sure. But he's old enough now that I think, um, I think he, I don't, I, I don't remember anything from when I was seven. So, you know, I hope he doesn't either. Um, 
but I, I, he soon knew what had happened because, um, because I, um, because I heard, like, because, like, my dad used to always talk about it. I remember one of the main things I remember, like, after he, after he, um, my mum remarried about a year later. And one of the, and one of the main things, um, that I remember after she remarried, because my dad moved to Hampshire, sort of to get away from the whole thing. Um, and I remember my, uh, um, my dad just bitching about my mum and my stepdad and all of that, like, all the way in the car journeys. Those are the main things I remember about those car journeys, because they used to take about two and a half, three hours. When I first passed my test and I moved, and I moved to, um, well, I, I, well, when I was, like, coming back in between Ipswich and Leicester, um, everybody said, oh, are you going to be able to hack that long drive by yourself? And I was like, actually, yeah, I'm used to being in the car for long periods of time. Not while I'm driving. It's very different when you're driving. But And it was weird because I was doing the same sort of length drives and they were just quiet and peaceful and just me on my own just singing. Whereas the length of that those kind of drives I remember when I was younger, for four years, um, were just him just saying playing the same old record um just bitching about my mum constantly bitching about my stepdad the whole thing it was just it made me not want to see him and it made me like and he got quite bad depression as well when I was about 13 and it made it just um he he did this fucked up thing and he married like my grandparents I can't even believe this I can't believe I'm saying this my grandparents arranged his marriage to my stepdad's ex you you could not write this shit. Um and oh for God's sake, I can't I can't even cope like and this is what kind of person he is. And he got he got married again for the third time. I think I was fourteen or he got engaged or whatever. Um and and like this this woman like they they arranged this marriage for him as well. This was his third marriage. And this woman came to the UK, my stepmom. And at first, like, she seemed alright, but she was really mean to my brother. And I'd already, I, I just didn't want my dad to be depressed anymore because he was always depressed. And I mean, like, and a lot of what I remember from being 13 or 14 when I used to see him um, was like, oh, pardon me, that was really gross. Um... Yep, um, and part of all that that I remember then was, like, he used to do things like, um, sort of, because he was struggling with his depression, he would almost use me as his counsellor, like, I'd be, it was like, I was the parent and he was the child, and I was having to tell him that everything would be okay, and he was, like, on this strong medication and stuff, and he had, like, loads of depression and stuff and it was really hard because it was like I was having to do that and I remember like yeah it was it was pretty shit and I remember I I spent 
most of the holidays with him after that because I just I was worried and like I wanted I wanted to be there for him even though you know he'd already done so much shit and he'd like first time he like the first time he got married after my mum he didn't even tell me we just sort of showed up at the house and he had this new wife there and we were like oh okay and but I wanted to be there for him still because he was my dad you know and so I sort of thought that if anything ever happened to me he would be there but alas this was not to be as soon as he got married my mum's always said that having a wife is very important to him but as soon as he got married, he sort of just flipped a switch and he became very standoffish, like more than he was already. He became, he was never patient and he was never nice, but he became even less so. And we argued more. Uh, his wife created a lot of tension in the family. My cousin was sick at the time and she made comments about him saying he should have died. Um, she made comments about my brother, about my grandma. So I didn't fucking hell, that is a huge moth. Um and I didn't and I didn't like her after that because she was just talking like shit about everyone, you know. So and and she was just not a very nice person. She was a pretty nasty person. And I wasn't and I wasn't really a fan of her. But and she was I wouldn't say it was her fault because my dad obviously had a choice in the situation but and she she was just she just wasn't very nice and then it got to the point where I think a couple of months before we stopped seeing him um we'd go to their flat me and my brother and he and she would not even come out of her room like she would not even say hello to us she was a fucking bitch but like I I don't blame her though like I mean I blame her I don't get me wrong I think she was a bitch but it's it's like I don't she is not the one who did the abandonment yeah okay sure she probably had a hand in telling him what to do but he's the one he's got a brain you know he's got a brain like he didn't have to do that do you know what i mean um yeah so he he didn't have to do that Like, he, he didn't have to go along with what she said. He could have just been like, actually, you know, these are my children. You can't treat them that way. But he didn't have that in him. Yeah, no, he didn't have that in him. He didn't have that part of him that was just like, right, okay, well, these are my kids, so surely I should put them first be- before some woman who I've known about about five seconds. And the thing is, I get I get that when you fall in love and when you meet somebody that does weird things to you, I've never, I've never been married. I've never, I haven't had a serious relationship, so I don't, I don't understand how that is. But I don't understand how you can parent a child and then decide you are going to completely remove your, yourself from their life. That to me is just, it just, it just makes me. I don't. It's just, it's a bit of a head scratcher that one because I don't, I don't really know what to say. It's sort of like. I think for me it's just so I personally can't imagine ever doing that because I I don't know obviously I'm not a parent myself but from the small from the small little time in my life where I thought maybe I was going to be for a second I thought well I can't imagine ever doing anything like that 
And the fact that there's that possibility means that I don't want to put this child through that. But, you know, he didn't... I think if you're not if you're not ready to to be a parent then you shouldn't be one that's my that's my perspective on it like i mean you sh you need to just and if you and if you have become a parent and you've like you you need to pay for for what you for what you've done you need to, you need to you need to you need to look after the kid even if they don't want even if they don't want anything to do with you i think like there's got to be the there's got to be a reason for that. Like you have to you have to look really deep into it. Um. So yeah. Anyway, like I wasn't getting along very well with my stepmom. She was very much um in my face, in my brother's face. She was just a bit of a twat, and you know she created a lot of drama in the family. And I wasn't really, I, w I didn't really get on with her very well at all after she um after the way she was towards my brother um and the way she was towards the rest of my family I just thought you know you've come into our lives and you're just not really cooperating like we'd we'd made the effort with her but she she wasn't very she wasn't a very nice person she was a lot she was more well she was she wasn't actually that much older than me I think now she's only about 35 so she's literally like she's not a lot older than me at all so there are literally probably about 13 years between us, which I, I just find weird. But I remember, like, at the time, she was, like, not even 30. And I just remember her trying to tell me what to do. And I was like, you're not, you're not my mum. And also, it wasn't even, like, telling me what to do. My dad used to say to me, because I used to wake up really early, he used to say, oh, you know, help yourself to food or whatever, get yourself some breakfast. So one time I took an apple and she had a go at me because I ate an apple, and she was like, oh, you have to ask me before you take food, and I was like, sorry, do I have to ask you for permission to take a bloody apple, and she had this screaming match at me because of the apple, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, to be honest, like, although I think she's a bitch, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like, and I do think, obviously, she had a hand in it, as, as a lot of, you know, as a lot of people in this situation do, they do have a lot to do with it. But I think at the end of the day, like I said, the main thing comes down to the actual parent. And that's, that's what happened. Like, the parent needs to make the ultimate decision. They're the ones who need to put their children first. They're the ones who need to weigh up and be like, right, okay, well, what's more important to me? My kids or a relationship? And... Although I think she had some influence and, you know, like, I still think that at the same time, my dad, as a lot of other parents do, had their, had his own brain. You know, he's an intelligent man. He's, he's, he's good at his job. Uh, but apparently when it came to that, he was just completely oblivious to his brain and didn't listen to it. You know, like I don't, I don't know if he didn't listen to it or if he, if he listened to it and it was just telling him something morally wrong. But who is it for me to decide? Whatever he did, sometimes I think you know he did us a favor, even though it's like massively fucked with us. I still think my life is better without him because he wasn't a very nice man, um, and he was very, he just wasn't very easy to be around. So it's it's difficult. 
because when you lose somebody that that influential in your life that young it does affect you and you do start to question your self-worth for me anyway I'm not sure if a lot of people are the same but that's just the way I took it so you know as that as that kind of at that kind of age I was 15 I was a bit argumentative I had shit going on with with school I had um a lot of things going on at home you know I was very much in a little, you know, my little 15-year-old world of my own. I remember one time, this was the second from last time I saw him. And he'd cut down the time he was seeing us. Sorry, I yawned then. Oh, sorry, I'm really tired still. Um, He cut down the time we were seeing him to every four weeks instead of every two. Um, And... Yeah, so we... So we'd... I, I sort of said, because my, uh, my stepmom in an argument with my aunt, she said that, oh, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure he cuts the kids out. I don't, I don't want him to have anything to do with them. I'm going to make him see them every month and then gradually cut it down and just cut them out of his life. And I was like, nah, that's bullshit. Like he'd never, he'd never do that. That's what I said much to my aunt. He's, he's never going to do that. Then a month later, my dad turned to me and said, oh, I'm only coming every month from now on unless your mum wants to bring you over herself and I was like this was like a three hour trip away from us and my mum was working as a full-time nurse and my stepdad at the time they've now split up I think I've said that before but like um he was also working full-time so literally obviously I was 15 it was gonna be another six years before I could drive and um and he was just like, oh yeah, well I'm cutting it down every month then because I can't afford it. Like, who the fuck says that? Who the fuck can't afford to see their kids? It's fucking grim, isn't it? It's like, you can afford to buy all these fancy presents for your wife and buy her, like, fancy e-dresses, but you can't, you can't fucking, um, can't fucking afford to come and see us. Like, alright then. You know? Um, so yeah, like, it was, it was pretty crazy. A lot of the time, and um, I remember, like, so he he'd started picked picking us up every month from like probably September onwards of twenty thirteen, um, and I think in the November when we were seeing him, uh, towards the end of November, I ha- I was in a really bad mood that that night. Basically, the guy who I really fancied had basically used me to try and ask one of my best friends to the prom. So I was in a rotten mood and I was just grumpy. And I was just a bit sad, you know, like typical 15 year old stuff. And I was just being a bit of a drama queen about the whole thing, as you are when you're 15. And I was in a bad mood and my dad was just like hacked off that I was in a bad mood. And he was and he was just doing his usual thing of like trying to blame my mum for everything. Because he was trying to blame my mum for my mood and he was just bitching about my mum and slagging her off as he did all the time and and I I was just not in the mood to hear that stuff he was slagging off my stepdad I wasn't in the mood to hear that either and um so I was having a go back and then the conversation eventually turned to like um to his wife and how she was like ruining our family and how and how she was just constantly like making him cut people off he started to get really angry because uh, because I was slagging off his wife and I said 
I said, why am I not good enough for you? I've, I've, I've done so much and like, you don't even care, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I was sat in the back and he kept like reaching, he was on the motorway, right? Um, the, and he, uh, kept, he kept reaching over, like taking his left hand off the steering wheel and grabbing my wrist really hard. Um, and my brother was in the front, like completely just a, like I think he knew what happened he knew what was happening but like he was he had like music really loud he was watching something on his on his like little um on his little uh iPod I think it was so he was just like trying to watch something and he wasn't even listening and he just sort of got into his own little bubble and then me and my dad were just screaming at each other on the motorway. And he was like, oh, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick you out of the car. And I was like, oh, yeah, go on then. You know, it's a typical 15-year-old word. And I was just shouting and he was shouting. And then he actually pulled up on the hard shoulder of the N25. And I'm like, oh. And I've said this before, but you know when something bad happens, something really crazy happens, and you kind of not rewrite it in your head but you don't remember the order things happened in and like I know that he pulled me out of the car by both my wrists really hard I've I've had like occasional repetitive strain injuries in my wrist since it's happened uh, I never had any problems before but like sometimes when I uh when I when I've been doing a lot like lifting things it, it kind of exacerbates this wrist pain I've had um and yeah like I remember he pulled me out of the car by my wrist and he was like screaming at me on the side of on on the side of the motorway at one point he backed me into the car and I don't I don't remember what but he was like screaming in my face like, are you going to be good now are you going to be good now and I just I don't I don't remember what I was saying um and then I can't remember whether this was before or after he pulled me out of the car but I got back in the car and he pinned me to the seat and, like, practically was choking me. Um, like, sort of, like, pinning me, like, choking between, like, my shoulder and, like, my neck. And he only, I thought he, and I had to say to him, uh, and, like, he was still yelling at me. I can't even remember what he was saying now. But I was, like. And I was, like, struggling to kind of speak. I didn't know what to say. And then he only stopped when I said, I hate you. And then and then I'm like... And at that point, I thought he was going to punch me in the face. Like, I thought, I je his, the look in his eyes, I've, I think I've, like... There's only one other time that I've been that scared. And that's, like, something for another day. But um, I thought he was going to punch me in the face. And then he just sort of... He did the really weirdest thing. Like, he sort of just drew back and he hugged me. And then he obviously felt guilty because he made my brother move into the back and then like made me sit in the front and then just sort of was really, really nice to me. And my mum used to say that he did that as well after he went for her and stuff. And then I never saw, I never told anyone, even though I have like, you know, this, this red mark near my neck and like, and sort of around my wrist. These were, because that was when I was like self-harming as well. So I used to wear like a lot of bracelets and a lot of long sleeves. It was like November as well. So I used to wear a lot of stuff like that. Just to kind of cover my arms anyway. So nobody could see my wrists. And you know because it was November. Nobody could see my neck either. And um, 
yeah, so I saw him one more time after that, and I don't really remember what it was like, but I remember he was really, really, really nice to me for the rest of the weekend. He bought me loads of clothes, like, he bought me, like, a ton of shit. And then I, and then the next time we went, um, like, which was just before Christmas, didn't want to have us over Christmas, of course, um, and I remember I'd called him for, like, some advice, because I'd had this huge argument with my mum, um, and, um, and he basically had a go at me for calling him, uh, and, like, it's like something about like it was when I was doing my mock GCSEs as well and um and stuff like that so I don't know he just sort of he screamed at me for like calling him and things like that and then a couple of days later I saw him for the last time and I don't really remember what we did with that weekend but I remember him driving us home and telling me and my brother that he and his wife were going to try for a baby and I said to him, this was one of the last things I said to him as he dropped me off, like, um, like, oh, are we going to be involved in the baby's life? And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. They dropped us off. And that was the last time I saw him. He was meant to come and see us again, like, the following month, which was when I, I was about to turn 16. And, um... And I remember I was planning my 16th birthday. My birthday was on... My birthday was on a Tuesday that year. But I was like... Um, I wasn't really planning to... Um, I wasn't really planning to celebrate it until the weekend. I was having this really cool meal with my with, with my friends at the time. We were all going out for dinner. Um, my mum wanted to buy me like a bunch of presents. But instead of doing that, like... I just asked if I could, if she could pay for a meal for, with, for me and like five of my friends. Um, so we we had that instead. So we all went out for 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 a meal somewhere. And um, so what was supposed to happen is my dad was supposed to come and pick me up from the restaurant that night, and I was meant to go to his for the weekend. And then like I was planning it all at the weekend before, and my mum was saying, and my mum just looked really uncomfortable as I was telling her about my plans for my birthday. And she was she just looked really shifty and I was like, What? What's wrong? And she just said, Oh, I, 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 it's gonna upset you and I was like, What do you mean? And then she just got her phone out and she shows me some texts that she's got from my dad saying that he's not coming. Apparently he's got problems with his car. He'd managed to go up to see his in laws in Manchester the weekend before that and Manchester is really, really far from Hampshire. It's about four and a half hours away. Or longer actually, maybe five. I don't know, because I I've I've never done the drive myself so I couldn't tell you but I know that it's like the other side of the country so and Ipswich is not that far not, not compared to that so I then um so and he was basically saying that oh you can tell the kids that I'm not coming because I can't be asked basically was what he said he didn't say that he couldn't be asked but obviously that was the impression she got so my mum like ghosted the text and sort of um then she just told me, and I was really annoyed. And I tried to call him, uh, but he didn't answer. So then I sent him a really long Facebook message, and I had a go at him. And I just said, you know what, like, don't bother. Like, you're totally, you, you haven't got problems with your car. You managed to go to Manchester. You obviously don't care. You've ruined my birthday, stuff like this. And then he was just saying I had no respect for him and blah, 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 blah. And I said, 
you have no respect for us, you've only got respect for your wife, don't even care about your family, blah, 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 just having a big go at him, basically. He was having a go back and he was like, and I said stuff like, you're not going to be around to see, um, to see me graduate, to see me get my exam results, you know, go to uni, pass my driving test, you know, see your first grandchild, see me get married, and it's all your own fault. I never thought for a second that was going to be true. This is the weird thing. I never thought for a second it was going to be true. I I always thought, you know, eventually he'd sort of come round maybe in a couple of months, but he didn't. Um, uh, he he didn't he what he didn't ever find out what I got for my GCSEs. Um, he never he's never seen me drive. Not even like to learn. And, um, yeah, he didn't, he doesn't, well, I guess he does, because I think he stalked me on LinkedIn, because he managed to block me, but he never, um, he, ne he never saw where I went to, he never, he never knew that I went to uni, you know, he never knew that I was only two hours away from him when I lived up north in Leicester, um, and a few months ago, um, well, I mean, a year ago now, he, I graduated, he wasn't there, that was really hard. Um, and then a couple of months later, I found out I was, you know, like I was driving around the country and then found out I was pregnant for the first time. And it's like, it was weird because I thought I'm actually carrying your grandchild, but it's, it's just so weird because like you, you, you don't know, you'll never know. And I, I, I thought how weird that was. I thought then. That's part of the reason why, like a massive part of the reason why I didn't want to have the baby because I thought, well, I don't, this is a weird feeling. I don't want them to have to go through this when they get older because it's not fair. It's not a nice feeling and it's really not a nice feeling when you, you're young as well. I and mean, I wasn't even that young. So, yeah, like the way it basically happened was my birthday was a couple of days after this. He never, um, never bothered to text me. I messaged him a few days later on his own birthday. Um, and then about a month later, me and my mum were talking and the conversation just sort of went to my dad. And we were talking about how he used to beat her up and stuff. And then, um, and then I sort of let slip the thing that had happened in the car. And she was outraged. And she told my stepdad. And then they had to talk with me and they wanted me to tell the school. And because the thing was that the school did completely the right thing, speaking as someone who is about to go into social work and will be protecting these sort of vulnerable people myself, I can wholeheartedly say that everybody involved completely encouraged me to do the right thing and did and took the right sort of action. I have no question about that. Like, I know that they were doing exactly what they thought was right, and I still think I didn't do anything wrong uh, by reporting what I did. But... My mum and stepdad wanted me to go to the school, so I did. And um, they offered to come with me. I said no, but I went. I went to the teachers and I said, "Look, this has happened. Um, I'm not sure what to do." And the problem was, although I turned sixteen in January, they were like, they said, "Okay, you, you this happened when you were fifteen, because obviously it happened in November, a couple of months before my birthday." And, because I was 15, they took it really, really, really seriously as well. More serious than I w they would have done if I'd already turned 16. I'm not really sure why, but 
yeah, they took it a lot more seriously. And then from there, the police were involved and they came to my house to interview me. And I had to go to the station for an interview with, um, and I went with my stepdad, but because there wasn't enough evidence and I, and because of the, like, well, I mean, I guess it was a bit of PTSD looking back, but like, because I'd completely just sort of blocked a lot of out, a lot of the information didn't match. They were asking me all these really difficult questions like, which bit of the M25 did you pull up on? I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know where it was and what time was it and like, you know, stuff like this. I, I didn't, I didn't really know. Um, they wanted to interview my brother at the time, he was only 11. Um, you know, and I found out later, like probably just before I went to uni, that they'd interviewed my dad and he'd come to Ipswich for the interview when I was doing my GCSEs. I never found out, but until like a couple of years later but they said to him oh yeah like what is this and and I guess he must have said that he didn't do it and she's just making stuff up for attention and it could have easily been seen as that and I and for a long time I was really paranoid that people thought I was making up for attention and that I was just annoyed with him and I wasn't because I wouldn't do that but I could see how people would think that. Um, but the main people who I needed to believe me did. But then after that, like, he'd cut everyone else in our family off anyway. But my grandparents were really just sad that they weren't, weren't talking to him. And, um, and I tried to get in contact with him to encourage him to speak to them. He then blocked me and that's the last I've heard of him for about six years now. So yeah, I haven't actually spoke to him properly since I was 15, but or seen him in that matter. So I wouldn't say it's a loss. I feel I feel worse for my brother because he was just powerless over the situation. And I sort of sometimes I do blame myself for him not having a, a dad, but I I also think he had the option, and if he well I mean my dad had the option, and if he if he if he really wanted to, he could have still been there. But I think it was for the best, because he's a wanker and an arse and he just didn't deserve to have kids, really. And and then, like, the worst part is, I think, I think the worst part about things like that was just when the person who did you wrong gets away with it and they get to go on living happily. And you were there having to pick up the pieces and sort of deal with it. Because a few months after that, my mum and stepdad split in similar circumstances. And then I was, you know, it's like, in the space of, I don't know, like six months, I somehow managed to lose two father figures and it was a massive blow, not just to me, but I'm guessing like for my brother as well. And obviously he was younger and it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. And I don't know, I just, I hated him for that. I still, I still do because obviously... I, I kind of thought, you know, as I got older, as I had more going on in my life, I'd be less angry, but it just, it doesn't seem to be happening that way, you know? And it's made me really careful about what kind of parent I want to be um, in the future. And, you know, it's, be, it's made me really think about, you know, how I'm going to parent and what kind of things I will say to my children. And more importantly, about who I want to have children with. Um, and, and I think, 
a lot of the issues that I've had with with men sort of like looking for validation in men I don't know maybe I've had a lot of people say to me that they come from my dad um and at first I used to get really angry when people said that to me I, I used to literally have a go at them and be like oh what the fuck are you on about no it's not my dad well who who the fuck are you to say that even like to my closest the closest people to me who were saying that I get really angry but it was only because I knew it was true um and it's only like in the past few months that I've managed to face up to that a bit more but obviously having to having to go into the whole thing with my dad requires a lot of mental effort and I guess it's hard to do that it's hard to really dig into that stuff you know you can't really it's not something that comes easy and it's not something that's a very easy thing to do either I think the part I'm angriest about though yeah like I said it's probably just the thing that he's just gone on living his life and he's going on all these expensive holidays and doesn't have a fucking care in the world and I'm just here like the, and I got very angry when he cut the maintenance money as well. He's committed like mad maintenance fraud. He's um he's based well. I mean he doesn't pay anything for us anymore because my brother's left school now as well. But um he doesn't he he was still paying the same amount as when he saw us every two weeks. And then last year he cut it further. And I got really angry and I was trying to say to my mum, you know, you need to chase this up. He owes you like thousands of pounds. And she was like, I don't need his money. And I didn't understand that until probably when I found out myself that I was pregnant. And I realised that if um, if I had had the baby, I wouldn't have wanted um, my baby's father to have anything to do with the kid. Because I just didn't want him involved. I didn't want him anywhere near me or my baby if I was going to have it. And... I would have rather just done it myself. So I did understand that after um, after I'd, you know, found out I was pregnant myself. Because I don't blame her for not wanting anything to do with him. Because I, I, I wouldn't want him to turn around in a few years and be like, oh, you're only, you've only got that because of me. Like, fuck off, mate. No, I haven't, actually. But yeah, the guy's a wanker. Um, the sad thing is, though, a lot of people, a lot of people aren't, uh, are in the same situation and that's really sad because nobody should have to you know lose a parent in any circumstances I think like I, I know a lot of people who have like lost their parents like to disease and accidents and death you know like which is horrible like, I can't imagine how that feels I've the only person I've ever lost is like is my is my cat who we had for 12 years and that's like that was horrible like that was horrible enough you know um, but I can't imagine, like, physically losing a parent. It, it's, it's very different, though, when, um, I think the parent chooses not to be in your life. And I think even now, like, he would blame me for it. He'd be like, oh, well, you got the police on me. And it's like, but you still had the option to try and resume contact because I was told that later on. I, I sort of thought that maybe he'd been stopped, but he hadn't been. He was never stopped. Like, he could have he could have resumed contact, but he chose not to. I had the option not to go, but he could have he could have at least tried to resume contact. That was legally possible. Um, so 
like to me i i don't understand how you can walk the same planet as your kids in like especially at a time like this with a global pandemic and you don't want to check up on them you you don't even care how they are like for all he knows they could have fucking died of covid but we could have died of covid and we wouldn't know but it's it's all anything you know it's not just covid you know like no i people die at any age of anything and you just don't know do you and obviously now I'm conscious my grandparents are getting older um so what's going to happen there is a bit it's a bit crazy it families are weird like that that's what i mean like that's why i say a lot you know blood is not as important as everybody makes out yeah so it's blood blood really isn't that that important sometimes it's important but don't over don't don't overestimate it and don't underestimate the people who are there to pick you up even if they're not physically related to you because sometimes even the people who are related to you can act like they're anything but they can treat you as strangers and, tr and strangers can treat you as family so it's really it's really important to know that that's one thing i've learned from this like and it's like i've written like i've written letters to him over the years and just sort of like been and a lot of the time i've been angry i am still angry it's hard it's hard not to be angry isn't it it's like how do you how do you not be angry to somebody who's like you know set you up to fall essentially because like at some point like you can't blame the other person you have to work on it and i think that's the point i've reached i can't go although i'm angry and i've got like this hatred in me like i can't go on i can't go on like holding on to it and blaming that and um, blaming um blaming that f that for everything that goes wrong if that makes sense it's hard because you have to sort of t i guess to conquer it you have to come to terms with it and that's hard to do because it's difficult to get into so i suppose this is kind of like my first step towards it and i don't i feel so sorry for anybody else who has gone through this because it's honestly just shit and it's just not something anybody should have to deal with so if you are also going through this i'm i'm really sorry and like i wish you weren't um and it, i don't think it ever really from what i can tell like i i think it changes but it doesn't go away as such and then like there's obviously a lot of conflicts if it does change and you there's a lot of confusion but for me i just i don't know i guess it's a way of dealing with anger isn't that you don't want to like i i don't it is too it's it's really difficult it's 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 not something that i ever thought would happen and it's not something i ever imagined would go on for this long um i'm not really sure it's hard to tell with this kind of stuff because a lot of the time i don't really think about um what would happen if i was to see him but i don't i don't even think i'd know what to do because people ask me a lot you know like what would you do would you want to speak to him and it's like i don't know what i'd say like sometimes i have these conversations with myself in my head where i'm like i think about what i'd say to him um you know i think about situations where maybe he'd want to reconnect but it's like i can't imagine ever letting him close enough to do that 
because of him, like, I sort of keep everyone else at a distance. You know, like, you... Like, I, I don't... I don't... If I let myself get close to someone, whoever that is, I automatically... I distrust them, and it takes me a very long time to trust. It's like, like I said, I only trust two people in my whole life. Wholeheartedly. And, like, even then, I still sometimes think that they're sick of me and that they don't want me around and stuff like that. It, it's... And it's hard because I know that I'm not the only one who goes through this and it's sadly such a common thing that it's really difficult to even, um, even, like, get, get, come to terms with. And I don't, I don't want to ever, like, I don't want to ever put anybody else through that. It's, it's really, it is, it is hard, like... But I just, I can't imagine it ever. I don't know. I suppose over the years, um, in some ways, it's gotten easier to cope with. Because you get used to things. Once things have been a certain way for a long time, you do get used to them. But then at the same time, the anger is just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really go away. Like, the, the anger's just like, sort of. The more things that I, the more things I go through in my life, I guess, like, the harder it gets, I, I guess, like, the harder it gets and the worse, I don't know, just the angrier I get. Like, I don't mean, I don't mean harder to deal with, I just mean it's just, it's just anger. I guess the anger is what makes it hard to deal with, you know, because it's, it's like, it's very... It's very strange to me. It is very strange. But I... I always think, like... I do have... I, I don't... Because I always think about... You know, sometimes when I'm just, like, doing something, I just sort of... My mind wanders, you know, I think stuff like, oh, what would he... How would he come back if he did? The way I see it is personally, like, he'll come back when one of my grandparents is ill and he thinks he's about to inherit something that's what I see happening because he's an asshole like that and he's obsessed with money and he will still think he's entitled to something even though you know he's fucked off and I'll have been the one looking after them but he will still think he's entitled he can have it because I don't care about money I just think it's a bit of a shitty thing to do uh I think about you know if me and my brother have brother had kids uh he him trying to have a relationship with them and i i don't i wouldn't want him within a 10 mile radius of my child ever uh but i already i already know like without a doubt that i'm going to be like a hundred times the parent that he was at least is it and you know that i i would teach my child the things that he forgot that he didn't teach me you know like, it's, it's it's just crazy to think about, because I think it, it's crazy, because he could pass me on the road one day, like, in my car, and never even know it was me. And there have been a couple of times where people I've known, people I'm close to have seen him. One of my friends was up in the village, like, 400 miles away where he lives, like, a couple of years back. And, because um, her boyfriend was, at the time, was ironically from the same village. And they, she pulled up next to his car in a traffic light. 
and saw him there and then my stepdad a few months ago well my ex-stepdad he like um he sort of he was on the same flight as him and his wife it's honestly it, it's so weird how close yet so far away he is sometimes and it's i've never bumped into him myself but because of how it's sort of ironic how people have but i haven't and i I feel like one day there is going to come a day when I bump into him and I honestly don't even know how that's going to even work. I don't even know what I'd do. Um, it's it's crazy. Because, like, I, I even considered moving up to Manchester at one point because I wanted to do a screenwriting master's. But it was the thought of actually being near him or... Or having him anywhere near me. Or knowing me for who I am now. Or seeing who I am now. That was enough to put me off it. And even though I love Manchester. I think it's a great city. Knowing he's there was enough to put me off it. Um, Because I don't want him to know me. Or my brother. Or our stories. Because he doesn't deserve to know anything. That we've been through. Or that I've picked myself up every single time I've fallen. Or been pushed over. And dusted myself off and carried on. He doesn't know that I'm a grafter he doesn't know me at all he never did he wouldn't he wouldn't know me from a stranger on the street like it's like i just don't understand like how can you laugh at your 15 year old who tells you who who says who who is who is like suicidal and you're a mental health nurse how you're a mental health nurse like how can you laugh at your child who says that to you and it's like, I'm mad for what he did for, to me, but, like, I'm just a thousand times angrier on behalf of my brother. And, because he's, like, an unrecognisable human. I'm sure he'd recognise me. I don't look that different than what I did when I was 15. Just a bit more makeup, um, a, a few more piercings and tattoos, you know, like... Um, and... But my brother would be unrecognisable to him now. And he's actually, like, he's growing into a proper man. Um, he's going to uni. Knows all about fucking insurance laws. Tells me off when I drive too fast. Um, you know, downright, he's organised, he's responsible, he's sensible. He's a fucking pain in the ass because he's fucking right about everything. And he's very, very funny. Uh, and then we'll just come out with some sort of deathly joke that will just have everyone crying. Um, you know, he, he helps me, like, pick up, pick out technology stuff, change my windscreen wipers for me. He does all the, I don't, I don't want to put stereotypes and stuff, I'm not one for gender stereotypes, but he's really sort of, you know, he, he does all the responsible stuff, like, like, all of the car stuff and all of that, like, because, and he, and he's a fucking shitty backseat driver, but more often than not, he's right about that. And it's like I just think about my dad. It's like he didn't. He didn't learn that from him. He didn't learn that from anyone, really. He just sort of learned it, and I. And I think that's pretty incredible. But I. I wouldn't want him to know that side of my brother because he doesn't deserve to know that side of my brother. And I hope actually it haunts him for the rest of his life. And even though there's a four year gap between me and my brother, he's been the more responsible one out of out of the out of both of us. I've got myself into financial shit. I've made so many mistakes. I got pregnant. Um, and, 
what is even happening in this street right now? Do you hear that? And like I went off the rails, he stayed on. Um, like I'm volatile and vivacious, and got this angry spirit. And my brother's pretty calm. He's chill. He's level-headed. And we we couldn't be more opposite. But I feel like sometimes this sort of stuff affects people in different ways. I don't think he realizes yet, but it's it's had a good impact on him in that sense. But he's better than he would be if he was if my father was still around. And also, I would have totally dropped kicked his wife by now because oh, she was just getting on my nerves too much. But yeah, it's it is difficult, isn't it? Because I guess you just don't really know what to expect with um with absent parents. It, it's hard because. You know, you, you don't know what to do with them. Like, they they do leave a gap in your life. Whether you mean, whether you want them to or not, they leave a gap. And then, you know, you're sort of left trying to fill that gap with whatever. Especially if you can remember losing them as well. It's it's hard. Like, I mean, I, I can imagine, I don't, I don't want to judge too much on this. Because I can imagine it's hard when someone close to you dies. Like, a parent or a sibling or a friend. Like... I can't imagine what that's like because I've never gone through it but I think that when somebody who you know like a parent cuts you out and then literally chooses to live their life and pretend you don't exist uh, that's that's tough I think and I can only say that because that's what I've experienced I haven't experienced the other side of it like I still think knowing that someone's dead would be tougher because you don't ever have the chance to reconnect with them. But truth be told, I don't even know how I would how I would even begin to do it. And I'm I'm still too angry, but I just you know, this whole thing is telling me that life is short and I, I don't know, it's it's a difficult thing to even talk about, isn't it? Because I just feel like I wasn't the one who did anything wrong. And I'm stubborn, so <laughs> I don't know, it's really hard. Um it, it is tough. Because it has had an impact on me. And I think that sometimes if you lose people like that quite young, that can leave a gap in your life. And it can it can lead you to have to, to, well, not to have to, but to try and fill the gap with really unhealthy stuff. Like, I was filling this gap in any way I could. Like, I was looking for attention in all the wrong places with the wrong kind of men. And I was getting myself into some really dangerous situations. And I didn't, it's like I stopped caring about myself. Because I thought, maybe subconsciously, I don't know, I started to think, you know, he doesn't care about me. I don't care about myself. I'm not worth anything. Because losing somebody like that and having them literally just drop you can really make you feel worthless. And, like, you don't belong. And unsettled. I guess that's... And abandonment has been a big thing for me ever since. I've felt very abandoned and... um. I think that really has, you know, sort of echoed over the past few years, especially in, like, my romantic life, because I sort of, if I think I'm going to get abandoned, I, don't, I either separate myself from it before I can get close, or I choose not to get close, which is rarer, actually. I have done that a couple of times, but more often than not, it's that I eventually get too close and then become clingy and then just drive them away anyway. 
it's just because I'm afraid of losing people after that, which I think is, you know, more common than not, and it should be talked about more, but we don't talk about how, you know, these early childhood experiences sort of, like, affect us long term, because I don't think a lot of us realise it's anything to do with that, because every time, like, I've gone to therapy or whatever, and, a, and this therapist has asked me about my parents, because, like, that's what they did at the counselling I was having recently, they said, oh, so what about your parents? And I was like, well, I've got a difficult relationship with my mum. They were like, why? So I explained that. And what? And they said, what about your dad? And I said, don't speak to him. And then they asked about my relationship with the baby's father. And I was like, well, not really. Didn't even like him like that, to be honest. We were just sleeping together. Which sounds shit. And it's not the kind of person I ever wanted to be. But it was out of loneliness. And... You know, I think loneliness is fine if you are content with yourself, but I wasn't. And it's only now that I'm learning to be, and that's through dealing with everything. You know, I think you have to deal with things to become content with yourself. And facing up to things is really hard. That's the whole reason why I'm doing this. And believe me, this podcast has triggered me immensely. Um, So I'm probably going to have to, like, once I finish, I'm probably... What shall I do? Um... Nothing too triggering. I might just I might just go and make a meme out of him. One thing I always have done when it comes to my dad, I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend this to anyone because sometimes you know how Chandler from Friends always says that he uses his humour as a defence mechanism? Yeah, I do that as well. Like I've sort of I've been doing this thing since I was about maybe nineteen or twenty, where I just make memes out of my dad <laughs> and like kind of and just turn the whole thing into a joke, which is not the healthiest way of dealing with things, but I guess it's an outlet. It stops me from being sad. I do think that you shouldn't ignore the sadness if it comes, because sometimes we need to feel sad, we need to get that emotion out, otherwise it just gets trapped. But I think there's also nothing wrong with expressing it however you express it. Because, like, there are, everybody's got different ways of expressing everything. Some people write, some people sing, some people make memes... Some people scream, some people punch things, um, some people, and I haven't done this, but I'm sure it's crossed my mind, uh, go find his house and egg his, egg his car and pee his car and shit, which I haven't done, I'm not, I'm not advocating vandalism by the way, I'm just saying that, you know, if, if I was a criminal then, you know, I'd probably consider it, but I'm not, so, you know. And I, d- I don't really want to get arrested when I'm about to start training to be a social worker because I don't think that would be very good. And I don't think that would be a very good example to the clients I'd be supporting either. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if you are struggling with your own experiences of, you know, um, parent abandonment or, you know, anything similar, then I do feel for you because it is hard. But I think that we don't get given anything we can't handle and if that person was a shit person and they're not in your life now it's hard but you have I one thing I've tried to do since it happened is consider it a blessing my dad is not a nice man um in fact he's probably one of the worst people I know so you know like he and and I don't and I honestly think that my life would have been worse off if he was in it and I don't think I'd I'd have achieved as much as I have with him in my life because I feel like he'd have held me back 
because that's what he did when I was a kid. When I was really young, that's what I remember mostly, him being controlling, him holding me back. So I personally, although it is really hard and I'm still angry and I'm still sad and there's still like this little 15-year-old in me who is just so... She's raging and she's got braces and she's wearing like uh, bright green trainers. Don't ask. Um, like... I, I, she's still mad and maybe there's a 22 year old who's me who's still mad as well a lot of me is still angry but I try and see it as a good thing because I know I wouldn't be where I am now if he was still around because he wouldn't have allowed it so yeah I hope this has helped if you were going through something similar um and just remember that you are worth more than the the wank stain who abandoned you okay I hope I hope that is I hope this has been alright for you. This has been a really fucking long one. I think this is nearly two hours long. Oh my god, just kill me. Okay. Uh I will speak to you guys later on. Uh sorry for depressing you. Bye bye.